we re- are we recording? Are we recording? Are we recording? We're recording. Uh, God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Man, I used to do this with Luke when he was like three and four and five. Anytime we'd go to McDonald's, I'd be like, I'm going to McDonald's. <laughs> and he would laugh so hard. And he was excited about going to McDonald's. Right, because you get a little toy and you get all those, that you get that high fructose corn syrup. Dude, that food's good. We used to do a, uh, a game when we were doing the bath and getting ready to put our PJs on. I would start singing, putting all my PJs. And she thought I was saying peaches. But then we would just do, I would do it as low as I could go. And then we'd try to get her to do it. And then I'd go as high as I could go. And I miss that because I also used to tell her the story before bed about a ladybug and I, and she was the char- main character and she rescued this ladybug and that was in the house and took her to the tree. The story was pretty short. It only had about seven parts and then it got to a point where she'd memorize the whole story and she would ask for it every fucking day. And I did it every day, but it did feel there were some months there where it was extremely tedious, but no one tells you when the last time you're going to tell that story is. And that day came and went. And now I feel real sad about it because I don't think I took it for granted because I, I thought about all this stuff when it was burning down. But now that it's over, you know, that, sto- that, that time we had and that story is gone. Putting on the PJs, gone. You telling Luke going to McDonald's, gone. It's dust. And that makes me sad. Well, I will tell you something that happened. I know we're breaking the COVID rule where we don't talk about COVID. But oh boy, here we go. We're going to talk about it because I, I only want to talk about it to emphasize something that I that I discovered that I think is really important. So last, so my daughter goes to a Montessori. She has been for months and months. Uh, two of her classmates, or no, one of her classmates and then two classmates tested positive for COVID. Her best friend tested positive for COVID, who she she's two peas in a pod. They hang out all day together. And Scarlett got sent home Thursday. She had a low-grade fever, but she really kind of didn't. She was just right on the borderline of having a fever. And she had a little bit of cough and her head hurt. Because, but we have cedar fever. So I'm sure it was the allergies, whatever. So that was Thursday. We find out Thursday night they send a thing saying one of the kids has COVID. You need to test your kids. So we went and tested Scarlett on Friday. She didn't have it. We just had her tested again yesterday. So this is a week later. She still doesn't have it. She doesn't have it. We got tested. We don't have it. But dude, the whole weekend, even after she tested negative, I just thought, well, that test was inconclusive because I know too many people that have tested it was negative, but they had it anyways. So now in my mind, my daughter, who I love, is now a COVID machine. Every time she laughs, every time she sneezes, every time she coughs every time she screams the name daddy out of her mouth is pouring poison that's going to come kill me mm-hmm. kill me meanwhile so meanwhile me with my fucking brain my hypochondria and my overthinking everything i f- <laughs> <laughs> clint you didn't see that but clint just once again just fucking <laughs> without provocation just knocked his mic screen <laughs> Halfway across the room for no reason. I don't Anyways, know why that happens. All right, sorry. I don't know either. <laughs> Anyways, so now 
that's all I can think about. All I all I'm aware of because my OCD is that. Now we finally went yesterday, got another test, and this was a very accurate molecular COVID test. My daughter definitely doesn't have it. But the thing that I realized was I I like you, Clint, have this thing. Oh, by the way, no school for the rest of the month. Obviously, we're all in quarantine. Wow. Because we've been because she was exposed to it, even though we're not positive, we still have to quarantine for 14 days. So no, vir- no virtual school either? No, there is virtual school, okay. which is worse than even having any school, as you know. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing was, during the weekend when I was having all this anxiety about my daughter being this COVID machine, I was just like longing for the days when we could just hang out and she didn't have COVID. But I dreaded those days because right. I would have to hang out with her. Yeah. But when I compare the two of her not having COVID and her having COVID, now I'm just like loving the time I'm spending with her. Whereas before I would have been like, oh, I got to spend another day with my daughter doing all this bullshit instead of working. And because I have the comparison now, it's really made me appreciate being healthy and having that time to spend with my daughter like you do right now. Yeah. And it's a pain in the ass, but imagine if your daughter was spewing out covid yeah uh, i i i'm cherishing it i mean life's really complicated and you can feel lots of different things kind of simultaneously and so the fact that i can't go play music which is what god put me on the planet to do the fact that i'm cooped up here i have to be my daughter's first grade teacher the world's a mess all those things are happening um but i'm cherishing the time i have with my daughter because the image I have in my head of how this parenting thing is happening is that God hit fast forward on the remote control of life and fucking fell asleep. And I'm down here and I'm a little ant going, wake up, wake up, slow it down, motherfucker. Because she's all I got and it's going fast. So I cherish it. I'm cherishing it. Uh, I am ready to get back to normal, though. Well, that's the other thing, too. I don't know. Normal is just going to be us getting used to this. Right. It's going to be us getting used to it. It's going to be more no, more knowledge about it and better treatments and a vaccine. But it's not going anywhere. It's going to be here. And then it's just going to be a matter of just that's just the way life is. Kind of like the TSA. You just get used to it. It's just now it's just life. Yeah. I never flew before 9-11. So the, you know, the new world order of the TSA, that was just always normal for me. Right. But I understand there was a time before that where flying was a very chill occasion. Well, (laughs) I always, you know, I, anytime I'd see somebody wearing a mask, like it was usually an Asian person wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, what are they doing wearing a mask? What is that? Now, of course, I don't even think about it because masks are now part of our lives and will be forever. Like, right. that's not going away, dude. Sure. Now, will it at a certain point? I don't know. I'd be shocked if 10 years from now you don't just walk around and then people are just wearing masks. Like, I don't know if that's going anywhere. Well, unlike in Asian cultures, I mean, we saw it when we were in Japan. I mean, they wear masks out of courtesy if they're sick or if they've been right. sick recently. Sure. Or maybe someone who's afraid of getting sick will wear a mask. And Unlike there, we've turned it into such a political symbol that, you know, it's just been completely co-opted by political ideology, which is a shame because it's 
it's just simply a health thing. Everyone should just look at it as a health precaution. I, I think there's less and less of that now than there was. I think two months ago that was the case. I think now uh, people just, I think people take it seriously because so many people have gotten it now. Uh, I mean, yeah, right. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't pick sides. So a lot of people have gotten it. And, uh, I think people, I think it's changed. It's, it's less, it still is, it still has some political baggage for sure. But again, man, I think, I don't know. I'm hoping that with the change of administrations, it's going to be, there's going to be less of that. Now I know the forces that be on social, on the social network scene are going to try to keep everybody divided. And I'm hoping as people become more and more aware of how that works and, and why and how people get their information, hopefully that will be less of a thing, but yeah, you know, um, I wanted to say thank you to a few patrons who jumped on the ride. Um, so let me take a moment to say thank you to them because the support over there really means a lot. It means you value the show. And, uh, you know, we put this together every week because we love you guys and we love we love what we're building here in the IOK Palace. So we want to say thanks to Kathy Powell. I want to say thank you to Bill Payne. I want to say thank you to Namarda Kalia, who's a friend of mine over at Metal Up Your Podcast Land. Thank you guys so much for the support. Uh, you can write in Bob and Clint at gmail.com. We'll read it on the show if we want to. And we got to. Do we have anything in the? Do we have anything in the mailbag? We sure do. We sure. Let's see what we let's do. See what we got. Here we go. Billy Ledger says, "Thank you for making me laugh so hard I can't breathe." Oh, and think a little bit too. Short and sweet. Uh, here's one you're gonna love. This one, Bob. The subject is damn. This is from Matt Unden. He says, "Hi, Bob and Clint. I've been catching up on your podcast after taking a break from all podcasts recently, and I had to stop and say, damn, Clint, you were one well-spoken motherfucker." With an admirable command of the English language, bravo. I wish I could speak as you do and get my points across as directly. Now, how much do you think I liked hearing that? A lot. A lot. I liked hearing it because guess guess how often I'm hearing that in my house? Zero times. Zero percent. He goes on to say, I won't argue with any point you made during your UFO conversation with Bob, but I saw an unmistakable UFO in broad daylight over the mountain behind my parents' house where I grew up in a mountain community in rural San Diego, this was probably around 99. It was shiny, black, and segmented, almost like one of those pill bugs, also known as roly-polies. I looked up, and there it was, hovering silently at about 500 feet off the ground. I watched it for a minute or two, and it smoothly just glided backwards behind the mountain and out of sight. I was not drunk or on drugs at the time, and the memory of that is not faded whatsoever. I can still see it like it was yesterday. Very weird. Was it aliens? Who knows, but it was definitely something unexplainable. I've seen two others during my lifetime, but that was the strangest. Best regards, Matt. There you go. Did you ever watch that documentary? No, you didn't. No, I'm, I'm having a hard time watching things, as has been documented on the podcast. Any other year, man, I'm telling you, I I consume this shit, and I just don't have a hunger for it anymore. I feel very bland and colorless about consuming films or television or books right now. So will you play me the song? Play me the song of my joy. I just watched. Uh, I just watched Tiger Woods, or it's called Tiger. Yeah, I want to see that documentary. Yeah. How is it? Oh, dude, it's fucking great. Yeah, I've heard that's pretty good. It's fucking fantastic, dude. I heard it gets kind of weird at the end, though. It's great. Okay, great. 
there's just so much content, man. There's so much shit. It's really, how do you find, how do you do it? How do you find the time to watch everything? I can't remember how I used to. I cannot remember. It's like a, it's like a dream. It's like trying to remember a dream. I just, I don't know, man. I, I just, uh, I find stuff. And do you uh, stay up and late and watch, watch stuff late at night? Yeah. Oh. I watch it late at night. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, I'll go to bed at eight and then I'm up at midnight and then I'll watch TV from like midnight to like five. And then I sleep for three hours and then I get up with Scarlett, take her to school. Or now we just do morning school until noon. And then I'll take a nap. Then I go to bed at eight. And then I'm up at midnight. It's kind of the same thing every day. Hmm. Luckily, I don't have a job where I have to like do stuff. Right. My only job is this podcast, live stream. You know, it's pretty pretty nice. I've been working for this company called Songfinch, where I basically write custom songs for people. So let's say it's Valentine's Day and a husband wants to give his wife a gift. He gives her the gift of a song. So he, I'll get, you know, a bunch of details about when they met and what their life's like, what their interests are, their fondest memories, their kids' names. And I write a song for them. Yeah. I mean, that sounds horrible, but, you know. Well, I do that. And I do sessions from home. It's kind of about the same amount. And then I feel like in between that, I'm writing a song a week for the song game. And then I'm editing endless podcasts and... And then I got my six-year-old. I don't just don't have time for anything anymore. So you don't have time to watch Hitler, a career from 1977. I don't know if a it's docu documentary about Hitler. I don't Dude, know if I it's just, just watched, the time that's keeping me from watching that. I just watched that whole thing on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Granted, it took me about, I had to watch it in like four or five parts, even though it's just one movie. It's like a two-hour movie. Dude, that dude just had a guy follow him around with the camera. So there's tons of footage of this fucking maniac. And they would show these scenes of these marches and these big events that he would have. And I have to say, like, because people always, you know, they always infer that, like, Trump's Hitler and stuff. And I'm like, no, he's not. But watching that Hitler documentary and seeing the rallies and everything, I'm like, there's definitely some similarities. Now, where the similarities stop is the fact that fucking Hitler was insane and fucking went to war with the entire fucking world like he didn't just talk about it he did it and he killed fucking millions and millions of people the dude was insane evil on earth like we've never seen and that dude might have won like he was on his way to winning he just fucked up in russia if he wouldn't have fucking fucked with Russia, dude, who knows how far that guy could have gone? It was crazy. Anyways. I love when we talk about Hitler. That's I, a real barrel here's what, of here's what I hope I never have to do again. Defend Trump to anybody ever again. <laughs> like somebody, when they, when they go, what? Trump is Hitler. I'm like, no, he's not. Like, I never want to have that conversation ever again oh, in my life. boy. Well, okay. Bob and Clint at gmail.com. We got an email from Joe Gambino. <laughs> says, a Netflix must watch. Bob and Clint, I'm enjoying your podcast. Here's one for the not okay category. Have you watched The Keepers on Netflix? Yes. He says, this shit occurred all within about five miles from where I grew up in Catonsville, Maryland. 
I attended St. Mark's grade school and Mount St. Joe High School. Our sister high school was Archbishop Cow. When the archdiocese discovered this... Oh, my God. This is about kids getting hurt. Yeah, it's about priests raping kids. Oh, Jesus Christ. I will not be watching that. Like, teenage girls and stuff. It was fucked up. Anyways, yeah, that, it's horrible. Ooh. It's, it's another reason why the entire Catholic church needs to be fucking broken up, and it's a fucking criminal organization, and it needs to be fucking done away with. <laughs> Even though my mom's a Catholic... She wouldn't be happy about it, but I mean, does she true. like really Catholic though? Oh yeah, she's really Catholic. Like goes to mass and shit. Yeah, goes to mass right now. Wow. Like right during COVID, she goes to mass. My, uh, I have family members that are very, very diehard Catholic people, and uh, well, makes no sense to me, but that's not going to shock anybody. Dude, a good friend of mine, smart, forward thinking. Mm-hmm. Started listening to, God, who's that guy from Canada? Jim Carrey, Neil Young. No, he has a podcast. He's like kind of alt right, uh, or he's been uh, he's been adopted by the alt right, um, like Eric Weinstein or something. No, it's D- Dave Rubin, Jonathan. Oh, Jordan something. Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. So, oh my been, God, people love Jordan. that guy. Yeah, so he's been listening to him all the time. Good God. And and Jordan Peterson's like, you know, make your bed, wear good clothes, take care of yourself. I like that part. Christian values. Uh, not so but he's also part. like, you know, differences between races and blah, blah, blah. Just, I don't know. I don't listen to him. Every time I hear him speak, I'm like, fuck this guy. He's in, he's another one of those guys that's got everything figured out. I'm like, go fuck yourself. You haven't got shit figured out, dude. You're just trying to convince yourself of something and you want me to listen to while you're doing it. So go fuck yourself. But my friend... <laughs> Loves him. And now my friend is hardcore Christian and hardcore racist. <laughs> oh, my God. And he's, like, real proud of it. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, what is going on? Hardcore and racist? Try- yeah. And I try to do this thing. He's like, yeah, white people want to be with white people and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and I'm trying to do the thing lately. I've been really trying to do this for the last year, which is, even though I don't agree with what the person's saying, it's to hold my tongue and hear them out. Like, let me listen to what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And so I do that, and I'm just like, what the fuck? How does somebody get so – there's this thing where they, people – the world's so scary and so chaotic, and there are no answers. And that place is so scary to be in. If anybody comes and says, look, I've got the answers. I've got it figured out. Here's the, here are the answers. People will just grab onto that. And if it makes any kind of sense, even the smallest amount of sense to them, they will incorporate that into their shit and then go take that as the gospel. And you see it all the time. I mean, you see it with religion. You see it with political ideologies, all these things, you know. Uh, and I'm just like... Nobody's got the answers, motherfucker. Nobody does. And if 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 the answer is to exclude other people because of their beliefs, I know that that's not going to be helpful to me as a person. The only thing that's going to be helpful to me as a person is if I can love the most people possible, including my friend who's now this hardcore Christian and racist. Well, 
I'm glad there are people like you in the world that can love these fucking idiots because I sure as hell don't. But he's not an idiot. That's the thing. Well, whatever. I didn't mean it like he's not smart. People, if you're a racist, you're stupid. That's a fact. If you have some weird belief that white people are inherently better than anyone else, that is one of the stupidest ideas and most evil ideas ever. And it would be hard for me to love that person. Well, I don't think this guy's stupid. And he does believe it. So that's a conundrum, I think, is what they call that. So what's the end I'll game? I'll they call that the conundrum. Well, so what's the end game? So is it a situation where that's you guys- That's a thing. Where you that's guys, the, no, hold on. So you guys that's just That's always my question to him is like, what's the end game here? If the end game isn't love, why even go down that road? Well, but what I'm saying is between you and him. So is it either you guys just sit and have a coffee every Monday now and talk and try to figure out if racism is true? Or is it, hey, man, if we're going to keep being friends, we can't talk about race because we see it so differently and both of our opinions have value. And so let's just table that for the sake of our loving friendship. I mean, does- Well, there, does, is, the, do, there do, is the part of me where I'm like, I don't really want to talk to exactly. you. Exactly. Well, exactly. That's the problem. Because it, so I have less and less interest in in, in having conversations yeah, with him. Yeah, because what you believe has social consequences. But you know what? He's got a whole family he can go join because racism is here, buddy. And, you know, there's a lot of people who welcome him right into the fold because they love company. Well, it's it's it, it falls under this. It's, here's the thing, though. I mean, people have this thing. It's built into us where... We see somebody that looks like us and we feel comfortable with them. It's from years of evolution. Like you, you people have this thing where they want to be in their own tribe, but it falls under the same thing as wanting to have sex with all women and thinking of all men as your enemy that you need to kill or dominate. It falls into that sort of wiring, but you don't live your life that way. You don't go around trying to kill everybody or rape everybody. Or pretend that you're better than anybody because of your skin color. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's, we, we're, we're above that. We're beyond that. And that's the part, but people will sometimes use this. Well, that's the way we're wired. We have that wiring. So it, it must be correct. No, we have that wiring, but we can acknowledge that. We don't have to deny that wiring. But then of course you just, you move past that. You know, we're intellectual beings. We're not fucking animals. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of time to give someone that can't move past that. I just don't. I just don't. That would be a very tough combo. If you suddenly became that way, that would be very tough for me. <laughs> well, I'm never going to become that. Jesus well, I'm just Christ. using it as an example because this is a good friend of yours, right? That's, I guess, have been radicalized by the Jordan Peterson cult. It is, uh, it is weird, though, when somebody who is a friend of yours kind of takes a path like usually you only see it like it's somebody that, like you knew in high school or college and you haven't talked to in 20 or 30 years and then you then you meet up with them or talk to them or and you're like oh wow what happened to this person or what happened to me like i grew 20 years and this guy stayed the same you know there's that weird thing but it is weird when you know somebody and they kind of take that turn and you just kind of watch them walk off into the distance very strange. I mean, I was heavily involved in a church life for like 10 years and met some of my best friends there. But now it's been a million years since that. And we're all right. eight, So we're, the same thing, the same thing happened with you. Like you were walking along this really devout religious path. And then you just said, I'm getting off this path. And they just watched you walk away. And they're like, well, what happened to Clint? Yeah. But I was always, I, I deeply believed it, but I was always on the fringes because I 
was a musician and was smart and read other kinds of books and traveled. Like I wasn't a fundamentalist. We'll put it that way. But I did, I was more of a mystic. I, I had a lot of room in my belief system for like mystery. And, you know, I thought my relationship with Christ was like really a mysterious thing, but it was real. And I thought Jesus was real. And I thought that the God Jesus story was the truth of reality. But I, but I never felt comfortable with like, you know, I was having sex with my girlfriend and used profanity and I was playing in cover bands and drinking and I never was like a legalistic person like that. So when I started to depart, I don't think it was that shocking to a lot of people who were really close to me. And it and it was like a year-long process of reading Carl Sagan books and challenging myself. So I don't think it shocked that many people. And now all these years later, my closest friends are all atheists too. We all, we all in a similar kind of time frame had a, um, a trajectory out of that. But what I was going to say is it's weird to come across my friends from that world from 10 years ago who are still great people. And like, however I run into them, if I'm playing a show in Birmingham, I'll see them, they'll come to a show, but they're just living the same exact life. Like they haven't changed at all. That's weird too. It is weird when people don't evolve. They're still having the same conversations about God. You know what I mean? It's like, after divorces and kids and life, it just seems weird to me to not move on. Well, I mean, it is it, it, it is strange when you think about like how you can have so much in common with somebody and then you just open up this one door and all of a sudden you guys are in two, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just, you know, politics obviously is that way. Religion is that way. There's not too much, like, because even in sports, like, if I'm a diehard Packers fan and you're a diehard New York Jets fan, we can get along fine. And we can talk about how great our teams are and we can disagree about sports and it doesn't affect us. But something about our core belief systems, you know, which is you know, what's going on in the world and and what the future is for our families and stuff. Obviously, those things have real serious consequences more so than who's got a higher score at the end of the game or at the end of a season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and it things, really yeah. does. It really does separate people in a way that I find fascinating. Where you can just agree on stuff, and then all of a sudden you're like, "You're the devil, motherfucker!" Right? You're an enemy, like, but you're not. Like, because nobody knows anything, and it's all made up. Everything's made up. That's the thing everybody forgets. It's like it's all made up. But shit. That's why it was better when it was more polite in society to not talk about it. Like, right. it doesn't mean. You're not politically active. It doesn't mean that you don't care. People voted. People had issues they cared about. People called their fucking congressmen about whatever. People showed up and did whatever. But it wasn't this part, like part of like the problem with the social media thing is just amplifying all of your little private thoughts that no one needs to know. No one gives a fuck. And all it does is tear, it tears families apart, dude. It's threatened to, dude, political and religious arguments have almost torn my family apart. And you know, I had to get to a place where I was like, us agreeing about this isn't as important as us enjoying being together as a family for our kids. It's just not worth it, man. What, whatever my grandma thinks about evolution doesn't, or however old she thinks the fucking planet is, it doesn't matter anymore. And I don't need to know how old she thinks the fucking planet is. I don't give a shit. If it's going to come between us hanging out at Christmas, you know what I'm saying? That's happening. Well, I'll tell you, whether you like Trump or dislike Trump, I'll tell you, man, that motherfucker was real 
adamant about dividing people up into two sides, like it, in a way that. And guess what? I've never seen in my life. My favorite word of 2021. Bye. Bye bye. That guy's not going anywhere. I mean, he he's not going to be president. Bye. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Bye. Bye bye. We'll see. Bye. bye Anyways, bye, 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 bye. Uh, that dividing people up thing. All like all my goal is to cancel that in my own life, because I I fell victim to it a couple years ago where I just started like if somebody had an accent or somebody looked a certain way or somebody had something in their yard or whatever it was I was just like oh man I would just it would get me upset and now. Because mainly because I watch Social Dilemma and Agents of Chaos, and I see how all this stuff works and how people get their information, it's taken all of that anger and all of that aggravation sort of out of my perception of people. And now I'm just like, how can I better understand you, whoever you are, and how can I let you know that I'm glad that you're on the planet and that we're in this together. You know, that's all I want to do. That's all that's my whole goal with myself, just for my own serenity and for my own happiness. Because me being angry at somebody does not affect them at all. All it does is affect me. And me loving people, that doesn't really do anything either, but it affects me. And if I love everybody, dude, I'm having a great day. And if I'm hating everybody, I'm not having a good day. It doesn't help me in one bit to hate people. Well, that's I I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. I think that's cool. <laughs> now, I it doesn't again, it doesn't mean that I want to absolve people of what they've of their actions. If somebody does something that deserves like incarceration or or uh you know, they need to be removed from the group and put into a casket and floated down to the bottom of the ocean, I'm all for that but i want to love that person as they're being lowered into the icy depths <laughs> as you're putting the stones in that ensure that it will sink yeah i'll be like you know i get why you feel this way and i get why you did what you did but now you got to go to the bottom of the ocean see this boulder this is a love boulder Plunk. <laughs> it's not a love boulder it's a boulder that makes sure that you will sink to the bottom of the ocean because you need to pay for what you've done because yeah if you've done something terrible through your and again, there's a difference between somebody doing something terrible through their actions and somebody doing something terrible through their words or their miscommunication or they've communicated an idea in such a way that people are incensed. I'm like, sticks and stones, motherfucker, sticks and stones. Those are the things that can break my bones, not your words. They can hurt me, but they can't break my bones. You know what can break my bones? Rocks, heavy rocks that will make sure that you go to the bottom of the ocean once you've done something terrible. But you saying something wrong is not going to do that. Because you know why? Guess what these are? They look like pajamas. Yeah, they're big boy pants. These are adult diapers. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't peed. I haven't had to go to the bathroom, but I have peed many times during this podcast. (laughs) I'm peeing right now. I can smell it all the way from here in Nashville. Pungent. Well, look, let's get out of here. It's been, uh, was this our funniest episode? Eh, maybe not. 
Was this the episode that most likely to change the course of your life spiritually? Yeah. Yes. 100%. Dude, if you're, here's what I know. There's two kinds of people that listen to this episode. People that were on the right track and people that this episode completely changed their life. Right. People, Those are the two types. Yeah. Well, there, there were people who were on the right track, and there are people who now are on the right track. No. There were people that were on the right track. Wait. They were on another track. Here's here's who's, here's who's with us right now. Yeah. There's only one track. At the end of this episode, there's one track. Mm-hmm. The right track. That's right. what you and me and everybody else is on. Right. But coming into this episode, there were two types of people. People that were on the right track and people that weren't on the right track. But now- we're all on the right track. All right. Look, all right. We love you guys. Check out our other shit and do whatever you want and don't hurt anybody. Bye. 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 <laughs>